0: Log
1: talk radio here at aco radio american communications online or any affiliated stations or websites are not responsible for what guest hosts or call-ins may say all programming is intended for informational
0: and entertainment purposes only
2: Troops spinning around smartly on the planet. You're listening to TJ Marcy T Radio live today. We're live back on the air. This is June 30th. This is a Thursday night, and it is the year 2022 for all you archivists, historians out there. I'm excited to bring one of our very American men, a uh, very uh, Renaissance. He's an artist. He's written screenplays, working on books, and uh, we've known each other roughly eight years in cyberspace community with the Ace Folk Life Society and historians and archivists and collectors with our artist and the visual and performing artist. And he is one of those starving artists out there that we like to talk about and promote. He's also been a radio host. And uh, followed us and been a part of us out there in the community. So welcome all you radio hosts out there that love and support us out here. And uh, thank you to iHeart and Spreaker and Stitcher and Spotify and all those places out there that carry us. Thank you all the large companies that have the larger radio syndications that help us right here in New York City. So we're coming to you live and I'm in Gulf Breeze, Florida called in remotely with Michael Woods of Tennessee. Now he is a Southern born and Southern bred and proud of it, he's a jack of all trades. And he's uh, began serving our country as a United States Marine Corps vet. He is a proud veteran, he served his time and we'll waltz over that since he was born with freedom of choice. He did make that choice, and uh, we can talk about that. We were in roughly the same time. We, we both are on record of 1985 Star Wars, for those of you who keep up with history. Now, he's available to pursue his career now as an artist, and he's been working passionately for over five years selling originals in portraits and landscapes, and uh, he's gotten relatively very good at it. He's a famous uh, historian with artists. He likes Van Gogh. That's one of his main uh, looks and uh, I guess a little bit of a style, I've noticed, in his paintings that you can notice on his facebook's where he promotes himself social media wise and uh we'll make this live today on the air for all those of you that want to help get us out there knowing people in this world and cyberspace community with tjmr ct radio ufo secret space he's actually been a member of mufon and uh, helped us out i was in it uh, strongly in 2008 since and and we may pay our dues, but I've not been to any events, and I don't know what all he's done. But I do know that he uh, interviewed Stanton T. Friedman, uh, rest his soul, one of our famous ufologists that put us on the map. And Stanton got me to back in 2006 uh, to help create 100 ufologists, and we did that with Fate Magazine. Kathy Martin, he's interviewed Kathy here from Florida. She li- I think she still lives down here. I've interviewed her and Stanton of course but they helped us get all this going years and years ago but we've been right here celebrating 10 years in radio history and uh, we have national archives to help the Smithsonian we do oral reports visual audio video mp3s mp4s and he's got some in his collection and we're going to talk about that he is a historian a researcher a collector And uh, we're going to get to know him, thank goodness. So if any of you don't remember Michael Woods, that's probably because he's been doing his own radio show for years. But I don't know how long he's been off the air. Michael Woods, can you hear me now?
1: Yes, I can. I hope you can hear me. And, yes, this is the way I talk for those of y'all that ain't familiar with the way I talk. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah,
2: he had me in stitches (laughs) last night. Oh, Lord, I hope we can capture some of that great energy we had going, Michael. It was a lot of fun. Uh, That's a Tennessee. That is a real Southern born and bred accent, folks. And, you know, we love from, you know, California to New York. uh, And we do entertainment. We're under entertainment tonight for all you people out there in the entertainment world. We're not under paranormal where we usually are. And we're not under spirituality where we usually are. We're going under entertainment with michael woods as an artist and michael where would you like to start i'd like you to uh tell people you know about you were born in tennessee and give us an idea of what you lived through because i've already exposed that, that a young man in 85 i was young we were both in the military i was navy but i did get to serve army navy air force marines who wear all the uniforms not everybody gets to do that but you were the marines who went to Paris Island, where my brother served, and he taught people how to shoot weapons. But he came. I don't even know if he, if he was in. He was in before I was, so I think. But anyway, let's talk about you, Michael Woods. So you were born. You weren't born. In, were you born in Camden? Was that the hospital, or or not? Yeah. Tell me what happened. Who yeah. your parents? And do you have some Irish in you, or you
1: know,
0: Italian, you yeah. know,
2: yeah. yeah. German? <clears throat>
1: I've heard there's some I've heard some Irish Irish blood. I I can't swear to it. I've never really researched it, but uh I was born right around right here about uh 7 8 miles from where I'm sitting right now. I was born here in Camden at the hospital. Now, I'm I'm originally from Brewston, which is a small uh smaller town than this. It's about uh old 10 miles from here. But all my relatives were over here. So, you know, I've I pretty much spent my entire life, uh, you know, in this area, except for four years when we moved to Missouri and the time I was in the service when I wasn't here. But the rest of the time, I've been here. Uh, right in
2: Camden, Tennessee. Now, is that located near Knoxville or Nashville? You know, it's a long state for all those it, out of it's country.
1: Pretty, it's pretty comfortably located between Nashville and Memphis, a little closer to Nashville than Memphis. About 150, it's about 150 miles uh, northeast of Memphis, roughly, and about uh, 90 to 100 miles uh, west of Nashville. So, pretty comfortably located between Nashville and Memphis.
2: Now, I've been on those backcountry roads. Is it near the interstate that can you can go from Memphis to Nashville, or not?
1: Yeah, the 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 interstate I 40 is about. Oh, Uh, I can't remember exactly, but between 15 and 20 miles from here. Oh, so so it is off the Beaten Pass. A little bit, yeah. And where I live is further off the Beaten Pass. Okay. Well, Now, was there high school?
2: Did you go to high school, (laughs) college?
0: Yeah,
1: I I graduated in 82 from Brewston. Uh, I was fourth in my class. There were, not, of course, wow. were only like 50-odd people in the class, but uh, maybe I would have been first if I took a book home once in a while, but I never did like to do that, so.
2: Ah, well, those natural-born just, but you did read a lot. Sometimes. Yeah, well, tell <laughs> us about some of the books you read.
1: Uh, where do I start? If I If I look at my UFO collection, which is sitting here to my left, or to my right rather uh i've read everybody from uh stanton friedman to uh jim mars to J. allen hynek jacques valet uh wow
0: those are J. all the big G. ones
1: yeah if you're gonna if you're gonna read yeah go big or go home and I, I and when it comes to when i when i get interested in something i go big so uh now, yeah, so what I'm already understanding?
2: Which Jacobs did you say that you had? David Jacobs. Now what was he famous for?
1: Uh, he's big in the uh, alien abduction scene. Uh, I've got a couple of his books. Uh, his first book, which was, he's actually, uh, I found out, I can't remember now if he was the second or third person to ever get his dissertation uh, by writing about UFOs. But I do have the book form of his dissertation, which is called the UFO Controversy in America. Uh, And that was, I believe, if I remember right, that was what he got hit. That was how he got his dissertation was with this book, which I can grab right here off my shelf. Uh, Now, he, he, I thought, don't know if he's retired or not, but I think he's Professor emeritus at uh temple University so uh very interesting and now, one of his latest books, which is the one I actually interviewed him when I had the program if uh anybody listening remembers a station called deprogrammed radio i my show was uh Things that Go Bump in the Woods. And uh, I interviewed David Jacobs about his book, Walking Among Us, which was on uh, uh, alien abductions and the possibility of hybrids being among us right now. Interesting book. Uh, interesting man, actually. Wow. And, uh, Is he still alive? Uh, as far as I know, I haven't heard anything to the contrary.
2: Okay. Well...
1: It was it was sad that we'd lost uh, Stanton Friedman, but uh,
2: yeah. Let's I mean, talk about Stanford. Do you have one of Stan's books you can pull up for us?
1: We are an authors club, folks. So. I've got I've got a couple of them here, but I think, I think they're kind of hid by a pile of stuff that's kind of fell in front of them. I don't uh-huh. remember which. Well, I don't remember which one. Crash at have, Corona. Uh, no. Yeah, oh, crash at minute, Corona. Since you said since you said that, I think that is the book I just happened to have in my grubby little hand right here. Yes, The Crash of Corona. I must be sorry. How that about one. that? Uh, somewhere I have his book Did on his 12.
2: Oh, yeah, MJ12. Got a... Do you have the Philip Corso book, Day After Roswell? Uh, How much of a collector so are you?
1: Somewhere in this pile of books here, I do have that one. Wow, you are a learned man, very learned man. I have everything that uh, J. Allen Hynek and Jacques Vallée wrote. Wow, shelf, that is that is my top shelf. Everything from the UFO experience all the way up to uh, let's see, the Edge of Reality, Wonders in the Sky. Ooh, here's a here's a couple of old ones. Uh, the truth about flying saucers and flying and flying saucers and the straight line mystery. Huh. Wow,
2: you're my kind of oh. man, folks. This is yes. what we do. And I wish I had my collection, but it's all over the place in Kentucky, and I'm scattered. Talking about that now
1: across my country is Edward Ruppelt.
2: Yes, mine's all the in pieces, unfortunately. I did a <laughs> i got to buy me a new one. It's all by my bed in little pieces. Well, this is great. I went ahead and put UFO radio shows and T.J. Radio up next to your artist life story, next to your name. So uh, you're handling that. I hope it goes out there in the future anyway. So we're going to have UFO Association as well tonight, folks. We'll be on tomorrow night with Jan Aldrich, one of our famous uh, older historians from NICAP forward. And, uh, you know, he's also a veteran of the Army. Michael is USMC. I am. I was Navamar Correa and did uh, Oe Bay 13 Recon. But uh, main thing was I just was a corpsman. But, uh, you know, we all took the big pledge. So we're very American here. And let's start then about how you got into UFOs. I think that's a topic, everyone, and it's it's very timely now. It didn't used to be. used to be people think you had to get a tinfoil hat, but uh, not anymore. We have a new club. We've got the UFO Association. Anybody that wants to associate with us, Michael and myself, uh, besides artists, we're both artists, authors. He does screenplays, but we're going to talk about how we got into UFOs. So how was it, Mike? Michael?
1: Well, it was, you go by Michael? Either, either one you want to call me, i answer. I answer to a lot worse than that at work. So. Uh, okay. But it really okay. started in uh, 74, the big UFO flap, I think, in uh, 74, when we were living in Missouri. Uh, I was outside playing. There, there was, there's such a thing for these people that spend all their days on video games called outside, and that's where we that was our video because outside in the video was using our head to pretend to be whatever. Uh usually in my case it involved stealing a towel out of the bathroom and being Batman, Superman or any other cape, uh, hero. Unless I stole a hat and played Green Hornet. But uh outside playing one day and uh I don't remember the month or the day. I just remember it was in 74 because it wasn't long after that that we moved back here. Uh, but uh we were all out me and my friends were all outside playing something. I don't remember what, but and our parents were out in the y- out in the yard, you know, back in them days, you know, neighbors actually visited each other across the fence or yard to yard or whatever, but our parents were outside and everybody started looking up in the air. Saying what's this? What's this? What's this? And me being being an inquisitive type fellow, I had to look and see what it was. And and setting up uh, and looking back now, I would say probably about sixty degrees up in the air, at a forty-five degree angle, was a silver object that looked like a football with the ends cut off, and around the center were was rotating lights. It was it was sitting level, and then. As we sat there and watched it, it kind of angled up about 45 degrees, and the next thing you know, it was gone. Lasted a few seconds, but after that, uh, that was really, I guess that's really what got me started was then when I was, I think I was probably about, I was 10 years old. It was 74. I was 10 years old, easy math. But I guess that's really what got me started on the path.
2: All right, so you actually had a sighting. Do you remember any uh, lost time or abduction or dreams or no. anything at that age, 10 to 12?
0: No, not, not, not that not you really can remember. I don't, I don't remember any.
2: But I just, All right, just, but that just got, just got you remember. started. Well, did you think about them during high school? Or I remember my brother was nine years younger than me, but Huey, Charles Houston Thurman in Houston, of course, he's grown up now. But he said he's. I brought that up, and we were, he picked me up from the airport or something one day, and I mentioned the book he had. I said, "You know, we thought you were crazy back then, and yet I'm the one that wound up being an investigator and doing UFOs and being called a ufologist, which is strange for me." And then, but he was actually believing all that and has a scrapbook. So, let me. How did you go from 1974 forward? at 10 years old did you carry it through high school have friends or did you just let it go or did it get you into science fiction or what
1: i science fiction i the first tv show i remember watching was star trek and i leonard nimoy on there he was he was my hero then and and even today he still is so i i mean i'm a spock fan from way back i'll discuss silly stuff I did in college at some point during this, but, uh, which involved wearing a Go Star ahead. Trek uniform with pointed ears, but, uh,
2: I did, I did this. Well, I didn't wear the pointed ears, but I did wear the red with the black and went to a Star Trek convention and, and,
0: Knoxville, oh, Tennessee.
2: That's I one thing I really one, want to do at some point.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Before I, I get caught the tail end of it. Yeah. But, uh, well, I had a cousin. Now, to carry on with the story, I had a cousin that lived next door to me. He was, he's a, he's a few years older than I am. And yeah. uh, he, he was interested in the subject. And I guess that kind of kept me going in it a little bit. I think as he got older, he sort of drifted away from it a little more. And I sort of drifted mm-hmm. more into it. But well, uh, I, now you asked if I carried it through high school. One day. One of my uh, uh, book reports was on UFOs. Oh, my
2: goodness.
1: And, oh, but, goodness.
2: Were you ahead of your time? Ooh.
0: Are you the serious? The about that is
1: uh, while I was uh, writing the book report in the classroom, I was kind of daydreaming, and I was tired of writing, and I was looking out the window, and darn if I didn't see one out the window.
2: Whoa. Yeah, once you see them and you have I that ability. An
1: airplane. Airplanes are not round. Airplanes do not have dark gray, almost silver colored uh, contrails. So this was definitely not a uh, airplane or anything known, at least known by me anyway. Do you
0: Sonia remember the date?
2: Turn it in, or did you write it up, or
0: is anything to move on
2: or two post?
1: I did not think anything about it at the time. I wish I had called some attention to it, but I didn't want to get in trouble for looking out the window. So, to date, this we were still in a two-story school, and I was on the second story of it. In fact, that'll date that a little bit, because uh, that school has been one story now since uh, '81. So this would have uh, okay. been uh, this would have been seventy eight or seventy nine, I want to say. Uh, I say I'd, I I'd wish I had kept had the foresight to keep better uh, records of it at the time. But
2: well, that's okay. My brother was rare that he did that from the time he. I remember he was he he was walking around in big, big cowboy boots too big for him to come up to his knee. But when he was Little take, believe it, and all that. I don't know what possessed him to do that. But uh, he still tracks him. but he was never known for that, really, I don't guess. He works a normal job and all that, very southern, a lot like yourself, you know, from Texas, born in Houston. Well, we, we were all born in Louisiana, but raised in Houston, Texas. But that's amazing that uh, you actually – I'm impressed that you – Wrote a report and saw a UFO in high school, and you didn't record it anywhere, so it's recorded now. But uh, so we don't have any kind of uh, information on you in the past. So that's one reason we do these live, and we archive our radio shows, and why we you know work with the United States of America and oral and videos, but uh, to get oral archives down. So this is a good thing. So when was that? Do you know what year it was? Do you know what grade you're in?
1: So uh, you're in. I, I want to say it was in 70, uh, 78 or seventy nine. I'm pretty sure I was still in junior high school. I was I was either in eighth I was either in eighth grade possibly possibly a freshman that year. Uh, well,
2: they may can cross some the uh, on a linear timeline. Of course, we also recognize, you know, we're not just linear but for right now, for the sake of this radio show, we'll let people know in case you're in Camden, Tennessee and we're guessing the year would be what? So the well, location. I, I, is I was Bruce
1: at the time. That, that's where I grew up in the in which is about ten miles from here.
2: So Okay. And what year you think you don't I'm sure you I mean, can't it get it to the
1: or seventy nine would be my best guess on it,
2: and this was your so second would, sighting
1: right yeah, right,
2: so you've already had one sighting uh do you know what year your first initial sighting was
1: that would have be that would have been seventy four
2: so that's a Tennessee sighting, and then seventy eight is your second guessing there in Tennessee.
1: Yeah, somewhere around there.
2: Okay. And you describe it, you know, the location and the color. And uh, any other witnesses besides you?
1: No, like I said, I was in school and I really didn't want to get in trouble for calling, for looking out the window. So I just sat there and watched it and enjoyed the sight.
2: (laughs) Okay. I understand. I got in trouble a lot for daydreaming. <laughs>
1: but I, 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 I think we I got one or two other people to look out the window. I, you know, in hindsight, I, if I had it do over again, I would probably call attention to it. But, you know, live and learn. <laughs> well,
2: you probably did the right thing. They put, might have locked you up back then. Who knows? All right. Well, mm-hmm. that's good. And then so you went on through high school reading. So, uh, when did you get into – Science fiction books. Was it from the library <laughs> at the school?
1: Well, I guess it started what well, with the T v with the T V I watched, uh I I liked Star Trek at the time. Of course Batman was a thing, uh the Green Hornet. Uh my mom got me watching the old Twilight Zone programs. Uh Oh
2: yeah. And uh, I grew up on the well, I really did
1: the night cold check the night stalker the original version oh, was wow. darren mcgavin of course uh and of course she introduced me to the universal uh monsters so
2: darren mcgavin how that. can i oh my god yes uh what all was darren mcgavin
1: in do you remember oh goodness let's see of course he did he did a uh he did a he played mike hammer in uh I think I think I want to say it was a, a TV series about my camera in the '50s that he played my camera in. Uh, of course, he uh, of course there was The Night Stalker, A Christmas Story. Uh, he did one episode of uh, The X Files. They actually wanted him to play Carl Kolchak in The X Files because that was because that character was a big influence for that program. But for whatever oh. reason, he refused to do it. So they well, got you know play- a lot
2: I about play- him.
1: Wow, you know a lot more than I do. I spend a lot of time on IMDb. Okay.
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> but really? Don't
1: go for IMDb.
2: <laughs> well, tell people about that if you don't mind.
0: Dude, IMDb, this is your life
2: story.
1: But you know, IMDb is a is a internet is it's the Internet Movie Database. You can find, you can find out all kinds of. I, I'm a kind of person. If I'm watching a movie, I'll go I'll go on IMDb and start reading everything about it. They have a lot lot of little, little tidbits, facts, and quotes, and all kinds of you know all kinds of interesting information about the movies. So I, I, I when I watch something, I go through and start reading all this. So.
2: Well, that's wonderful. I'm glad now uh, that's owned by uh, Amazon or Google. Who owns IMDb? Is it Amazon? Um, I mean, Amazon. Be honest.
1: I, re- I really couldn't tell you, but I do see a lot of uh, advertisements for Amazon Prime on there. So uh, yeah, I
2: think they own it. But uh, that's good that you brought it up because a lot of our actors and people in California, our uh, Screen Actors Guild, and our producers, our directors, a lot of our you know people that are in the movies. My name's on there, by the way, y'all, because of my acting experience. And I was in uh, When Will I Be Love with Stephanie Powers? And uh, I don't even remember the other stuff. My kid's in a movie. But, you know, you, if you've done anything like that or you want to do anything like that, you put any of your artistic entertainment history. Since we're under entertainment, I'm glad you covered that because that's imdb and uh i forgot what it stands for international movie database, database
1: or something i don't know <laughs> yeah i'll have to look uh, it up i uh, i was in a tech school and a friend of mine introduced me to it i i love that website now i can't i can't i'm on it probably four or five times a day sometimes uh okay
2: because it is a database of information related to films television series Home videos, video games, and streaming content, including cast, production crew, personal biographies, plots, etc. Based out of Seattle, Colonel Needham, since 1990, is the chief executive officer. Parent organization, ooh, I was right, Amazon.com, how about that? Then they have a subsidiary called Box Office, which I've never heard of, Box Office Mojo. Well, wonderful. I'm glad you brought that up. The world's most popular and authoritative source on movie, TV, and celebrity. Great. So, folks, we're going to do cyberspace culture today, and I'm hoping that uh, this gentleman here, Michael, will find time. It's taken me about eight years. to get. He was always busy. <laughs> we're celebrating 10 years, but he came on eight years ago. We were talking radio and All that. So let's talk a little bit about your radio hosting. How did you get into radio hosting? Was it the UFO business or the movie business or both?
1: Well, it's a weird story. I on Facebook, I'll pretty much add anybody you know at one time, and I added a fellow out of the UK, and he, he he was yeah he was he was interested in UFOs, and he run a internet-based radio station called D Radio. And he asked me, I don't remember how the conversation got started, but he asked me, we, we were talking about UFOs, and he asked if I knew anybody, you know, in the uh, community. I said, not really. But uh, one thing led to another, and somehow he asked me if I would be interested in doing a program. I'm like, well, I do what I can. <laughs> Uh, so, ne- next thing you know, here I am with my cell phone, a computer, and uh, talking to people like David Jacobs, Stanton Friedman, Kathleen Martin, Chase Kletsky, uh you know, from the UFO uh, community, and I've talked to a few uh, – I wish I could remember the guy's name, and I swear I – mean, if I thought, I would have looked him up, but uh, one guy that's big into cryptids, if you – Anybody listening, watch the cryptid shows, it's the guy in the black leather hat. I cannot for the life of me think of his name off the top of my head. But if you see the guy in the black leather hat, it's probably who I'm talking about. Some of you women out there probably find him attractive, so if if that helps. Uh, But for the life of me, I cannot think of his name. Uh, I've I've talked crop circles. I've talked... uh, I've taught magic, I've taught black magic. I I've really run into some very I I really talked some very interesting people. I had a I had a heck of a time doing it. I, I wish I could have done it longer than what I did. I only did it for about 6 months, but I mean that was a, that was a fun 6 months for me.
0: I mean, I I well, made I'm friends back I, on Huh? I said, huh?
2: <laughs> there you go again. Huh? I say that. <laughs> oh Lord, I'm looking at Cryptid Wiki with the men in black. I'm gonna to have to discuss the men in black now. Uh, I said I'm glad you're back on radio with me as a co host. I oh. offered you fifty fifty on Thursdays if you'd like to come back weekly. We'll see how the cosmic forces has it out there. Like may the force be with you. So If you enjoy yourself today and, you know, people like you will share it on Facebook. I'll give you a copy, and you can spread it around. I'll put it on my website and domains and, you know, promote you as an artist and a co-host on Thursday nights, you know. Now, the man in the black hat, there's Cryptid Wiki, W-I-K-I. It has a Bigfoot artist logo. But it has it starts off with the Men in Black, coined by John Kill, strangers dressed in black.
1: I'm on IMDb right now, and I'm going to look this guy up if I can get my phone to hurry up and open up.
0: <laughs> okay. It's been extremely slow. But so you I know how to, to use IMDb?
2: Up. That's good. Good. Yeah. Good. So oh, we'll know who please. this Man in Black or I'm this Man please. in the Black Hat is. I have no clue who you're talking about. I know Ron somebody in our encrypted group that well, leads up in our, our, our alien about. contact door, but uh, radio, in our radio kingdom, our community, if you'd like. And we have uh, various people that are prior military and government agents. And I was a woman in black before I knew what that meant. So I did work with J. Allen Hynek. I uh, didn't know what I was going to do, but I agreed to it. Sometimes in the military you just say yes, you don't even know what you're saying. Yes, to, but you're like, okay, <laughs>
0: uh-huh, or <laughs> huh?
2: <laughs> I like that, huh? Men in Black. Now, what uh, we're talking cryptids? First moment, folks. We're maybe go all over the board with our uh, guest host, co-host to be. We hope
1: Michael That's the the way my brain works. I'm on those 15 things at the same time, and so far I haven't had a bit of luck finding this guy's name, and I know he's on this program. What program? Uh, I can look at that. What's the name of the program? I'm looking looking on Monsters and Mysteries in America. For, For some reason, I seem to think he did an episode of that, but I haven't found him yet. I'll know his name when I see it, but for the life of me, I cannot think of it. It'll be well, a maybe he'll,
2: if he's listening out there in the entertainment world. Monsters well, and Mysteries in America, documentary horror mysteries. He,
1: he wasn't in that show. I was thinking he was on that show. There's uh, Lyle
2: Blackburn
1: uh, wearing a black hat. That? Yeah, that's not, not him. him. I, I, just, I just passed him okay. by. I know it's not him. Well, hi, uh,
2: Lyle. Roger Rose episodes of Monster Mysteries in America. What channel oh, me Do they be like Wait, on the Discovery on. Channel, History Channel? Uh, I don't know yeah. all the paranormal channels. Maybe we should uh, look I up found how do you find? You found him?
1: I don't, I don't know, but I've got I've got another lead here.
2: <laughs> well, it's entertainment I'll, we're helping. keep sharing to tonight.
1: Well, oh my god, this is going to take a minute. Maybe he's well, more than one episode.
2: Well, apparently he's important because you personally said you like cryptids, which
1: is a hard subject to
2: get into. I call it alienology.
1: Got Got him. Ken Gerhard. That's who I was trying to think of. It's not Gerhard. It's Gerhard. G-E-R-H-A-R-D.
2: Gerhard. Okay. Or Gerhard. Now, is he on Ghost Monsters and Mysteries of the South or Exploring Monsters in Oregon or Tennessee?
1: I know he was on Monster Quest, and I know he's done more shows than that because I've I've seen him on several other shows about cryptids. So, he, he's uh, well, Let me put well his movie. name and see how
2: big a entertainer he is. Let's see, he is a. Uh, what's his name again? I'm going to put it up here in the Bing, Microsoft Bing thing. What what is it? I'm going to put it in the search Ken engine. Gerhard. Ken Gerhard. Okay, G E R H A R D. You said cryptozoologist. Yeah. It came up. Uh, Ken Gerhard, biographer, age, height, IMDb, Ken Coast to Coast, NetBio, Cryptids, Sasquatch Chronicles, cryptozoologist on Facebook. Let me see if he and I are friends. I guess I'm going to click on the Facebook because so many of my friends go there. It says public figure, Ken Gerhard, cryptozoologist. I can't tell if we're friends on this one, uh, but he is a cryptos, it says about uh, the study of hidden animals. And I guess that's what he does. He's a public figure. Ken Gerhardt looks like he's written, oh, he's an author, is he not? The Essential Guide yeah. for Big, the Essential Guide to Loch Ness Monster, Big Bird, Modern Science of Flying so- Uh Well, I, he's totally escaped me in this reality. So how about that? You've introduced me to somebody I probably have never heard of, unless he was at the Mid South Conference with me in 2016. That's the one that uh, Stan Friedman recommended me to, and I went with Bill M. Tracer, which was one of our co-hosts for years and years. And he wrote the book. Will the Internet achieve sentience? Apparently, it has, and it did. So. Bill M. Tracer on Facebook and former co-host. We need to get you back on, too. So, Ken Gerhardt, tell me about him.
1: Uh, do you want me to center for 40 Zoology? Much, you, pretty, you pretty much to him. I mean, I was looking for somebody to talk about cryptids, and, and I kept seeing, uh I, I saw him every time I turned on a show about cryptids. It seemed like he popped up, so I'm like, I rolled the dice and sent a message on Facebook and what do you know what do you know he actually took me up on my offer How about that
2: So his his credits include appearances on various broadcast radio programs like Coast to Coast featured in articles on Associated Press Houston Chronicle Tampa Tribune and as an author and contributed to trade publication including Fate magazine he lectures at various conferences Oh, my gosh. He was born on Friday the 13th in October, (laughs) (laughs) one week before the famous Patterson Bigfoot footage was shot. So he's traveled to 26 different countries, quite a traveled man, uh, all the United States, and he's camped. He's a camper. He's been along the Galapagos and Australia out back and done many sightings, including Michu Picchu and Stonehenge. Quite a world traveler. Well, how about that, folks? This is Michael Woods. Michael Woods is a co-host author out of Tennessee, and he has has had his own radio show, and he's really into cryptids. So tell us now a little bit, since you've introduced Ken Gerhard to our world, all of you guys out there that aren't ufologists but are into cryptids, sometimes they cross over. It depends on what camp you're in. Uh obviously when you were doing radio you wanted to talk about cryptids I have too but i brought on Ron So and so. the people that I promote is in our Authors Club online, American Communication Online and uh Alien Contact Organization. But I didn't know. Ken I don't know if he'd say we were friends or not. I don't know, folks. I really don't because I, I should know him with all these great books. Tell me how this crosses over. I can see the legendary beast of Bigfoot. So how do we say, because Bigfoot, folks, even though it's, I guess it, it says uh, he's traveled the world search for evidence of legendary beasts, including Bigfoot, the Loch Ness Monster, Chupacabra, winged creatures, werewolves, so co-hosted History Channel, Missing in Alaska, so he's appeared on television in Monster Quest, featuring the history show. Whoever wrote this up for him on his own website, it, he maybe he did, but it's really a good. Uh, I, we should do that for ourselves. Ken Gerhard, how about that? So that's a good thing. So, did you discuss anything with him about Bigfoot or his stories? But you know, this is all about you and the people. I'd like to talk about Stan a little bit and Kathy too. But since you were you, you're. A,
1: yeah, I said a lot of times I, w- I would, after I finished, you know, the interview, I would sit there and keep talking to the, to whoever I was mm-hmm. talking to at the time, and I think some of the conversations after the program was finished was better than the conversation I actually recorded for the program, and I wish I had recorded some of those. But I hear you. I, I enjoy talking to him. Very friendly, very outgoing fellow. very knowledgeable about it. He knows his subject. I, I want to say at the time uh, I was interviewing, he just had a book come out, uh like a cryptid dictionary or something. Dictionary of cryptids. I can't remember what the name of the book was, but I, I really need to get a copy of it for my library, though. I'll have to Big dig around and find paranormal it.
2: Paranormal Convention. Now, he... He is a speaker. It looks like he's been at the Alabama Bigfoot Conference June 10th, 11th. Maybe they'll have it again next year, folks. That was in Oxford at the Civic Center in Oxford, Alabama this year, just this month in June. Now, it says uh, they present June 4th, Bigfoot and Paranormal in Minimony, Michigan. So he was there, Ken Gerhard with a black hat. Yeah, he wears that bent black hat like that other guy did. That you said it wasn't him. So uh, watch the Unexplained season four episode six on the History Channel. Ken Gerhard has said, for those who missed this recently, I make an appearance on the next, the new episode Unexplained with William Shatner. So they know how to do all this now, a lot more than we did ten years ago. This. A lot of things have come up back when we were in the day we were happy. It just became on the History Channel. Now we've got Discovery Channel and all kind of paranormal channels. And, of course, I'm on the William Shatner list for helping him and his fan club. So uh, tell us then about – you said you only did this, but did you learn a lot about cryptids from this gentleman, Ken Gerhard?
0: Yeah. You should uh, still have your collection.
1: He had released a book called A Menagerie of Mysterious Beasts, which is basically, uh, I think, as I understand, it's like a, a more or less a dictionary, encyclopedia, whatever you want to call it, on various uh, cryptids. So uh, we talked about that, and he he knows quite. He's very knowledgeable on his subject. I'll, I'll say that he 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 knows his subject back backwards and forwards. Uh, we we he, I mean. Uh, you know, I wish I could well, again. – I've got all these shows on uh, on computer. I've got them on a hard, uh, flash drive somewhere around here if I can figure out where I put it. Well, so we'll I, have to get, play them play them get them all and get
2: them – yeah, we need to get them into your archive and your collection. Uh, everybody that's done shows, all mine are kept right here for everybody open source. I make sure they're free to everybody. So you can hear the history we're creating here. And uh, I'm very proud of that with Blog Talk Radio, being here 10 years and always being here for me. And uh, a lot of people have come and gone, and I'm still here. I'm probably one of the old guys now. I know we started with just like six people in the office in New York for Mr. Livy, L-E-V-Y. I think it was Joel Livy, was it? I believe so. And uh, anyway, we've grown a lot. So Men in Black and Cryptid Wiki. And uh, Mr. Ken Gerhard uh, recommended to us through UFO folklore and, of course, uh, cryptids. And uh, you want to spell that or you want me to? (laughs) C-R-Y-P-T-I-D-S on IMDb, (laughs) folks. (laughs) Brought to you by Michael Woods of TJ Morris, ET Radio. (laughs) Now, what else do you want to talk about? Mr. Geek
0: of the
1: Cryptids. I don't care. We can talk about price of eggs right now, but I really don't want to talk about how much food prices are going up right now. If it makes me up. It upsets me. I don't want to think about it because I like to eat. Well, we you, can talk you, about describe Walmart. Star- you described me as a starving <laughs> artist. Well, I, I, I'm going to tell you, if you look at my waistline, I'm not quite starving, but... Uh, Prices keep going up, I may be.
2: Well, yeah, we could talk a little bit about pop culture and what in today's time, the Be Here Now story, you know, we can do Zen and you know, the what are they talking about at the Walmart in Camden, Tennessee? Hey, you told me that was your social life. <laughs>
0: well you're fading, in you've
2: been <laughs> Okay, say that again. I mean I it sort of bent. Start over. I hear
1: the same stuff all the time. I'd like to find one person I could talk to about UFOs as opposed to sports and, and uh the weather. What about right politics? Now,
0: Is politics I, dead? Don't don't eat local Walmart.
2: Okay, we're not gonna yeah, I don't do politics or religion. They say in the South you better avoid those things if you if you want to like your neighbors. They <laughs> just don't football. talk politics and religion
1: you gotta watch yep, football,
2: football. be on it okay oh football yeah yeah football among people oh yeah 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 right here on my street wow yeah we all got different things you know i'm in florida but i went to school in louisiana but i went to university of alabama so what's your uh team
1: uh
0: college or
2: <laughs>
1: pro well, college, either college team. Auburn. I'm sorry, my blood. College team, my blood still runs on. I'm a I'm a volunteer. That's just that's just the, that's the way I was born. And that's the way I was raised as a
0: volunteer. <laughs> oh, I
2: see. Okay, well, that's culture for you, folks. And he's bringing up a good point. At least here in America, I know a lot of you can hear us over there, uh, out of country. We have a lot of out of country listeners, folks, and it goes out all over, and then this stays. In the internet, on all these radio shows, and they keep them, and they, I see me in some of the strangest places. Uh, the key is T J Morris, E T Radio. T J is my initials for Teresa Jeanette Morris, my married name. I'm a Thurmond, T H U R M O N D. But T J Morris, E T Radio, <clears throat> out all over. So, with Michael Woods. Now, Michael, uh we're talking about you and your life story as artist, UFO radio show host on TJ Marcy T radio. So you tell me, after UFOs and cryptids, what else is there? We were talking about local America eating football, and you said, what do you do in Camden? Tell us about the back roads when you get off the interstate, because people know the interstates around the country. I drove a big truck, but you tell me, what's to do in Camden besides Walmart? That's about it. Got the fair <laughs> one. You got a
1: dollar general or at least a dollar tree oh, or yeah, something? We got, we got two we got we, I got I got two dollar generals within miles of where I'm sitting. I could get up for wow. one if I walk across the field I can be there pretty quick.
0: <laughs> but oh, that's actually
1: technically speaking that's evil. But but uh, that's what. Technically speaking, that one one dollar general is at Eva, which is just a couple of miles from here. It's it's literally a hole in the wall. If you blink, you'll miss Eva. Well, now, y'all are Civil War buffs around Tennessee. I know
2: I've been to some of those museums and stuff, but okay. I don't know. We can talk about that on and be politically correct. Not that we're talking politics or religion, but even. But you know, I don't know. What do you want to talk about? Because This, you know, you and I have done a lot of the same things, including both our, uh, my husband had dialysis, and I guess that's really what killed him, although they put down that he had his lungs gave out, and your wife, bless her soul, so they both passed on now, but, you know, afterwards, we're getting old, we're up there over the 50 plus, what is it that we can do in today's reality for Made in the USA products you're making? I know you're making some products now, I write books and make published books, you publish and I publish videos and you're publishing and both of us both of us have had archives and we're both collectors of radio shows and meeting people and interviewing people mainly in the UFO world, the cryptid world. So now we could talk a little bit about your artwork or we're coming up on the hour uh about 10 minutes before the hour. So what uh, Tell us a little bit about your artwork, and then we may make a full rotation back around to the UFO business because that's one of my
1: favorites. I was told, well, I wasn't personally told this by one of my professors at college, but it was said about me behind my back, but it got back to me, that my mind run on about 15 different tracks at the same time and that I would do one of three things. I would either start World War III, end it, or be the next emperor of the universe. So
0: uh, I'm, I'm <laughs> the emperor of the universe
1: right now, but I'm not having a lot of luck at it. My oh, goal that's good. I know a lot of guys emperor. doing that. Now, emperor of the universe is for, good. Yeah, my goal fund me for being emperor of the universe is at a standstill at zero dollars. So, uh, uh, but uh, art, uh, I sort of got into that in college. I had a friend he was he was my roommate he didn't live far he didn't li- actually didn't live far from me uh but i didn't meet him till college he lived probably fifth about 20 miles from where from where i lived and he liked to paint and being as i had been a big watcher of bill alexander and bob ross on pbs on the weekends cuz we didn't have cable and my choice of T V on the weekends was either football or PBS and I opted but while I do like my football, I, I just get tired of watching it sometimes so I'd turn over and watch Bob Ross or Bill Alexander paint for thirty minutes. And I thought, boy, that looks easy. I wish I could do that and anyway me and Dano his name's Danny Reed, but we called him Dano. We uh decided we was gonna start painting in college and Now, he took it a little more seriously than I did. We both actually took an art class with an artist that's fairly well-known in this area, Tim Pafford. Unfortunately, at that time, I decided I was going to hit my rebellious stage a little late in life, so I spent my time that I should have been in my art class out drinking. I was uh, trying to perfect the art of drinking, and I did pretty good because I don't remember anything that happened.
0: Uh, and,
1: but, but it did lead me to figure – it did lead me at, at some point to finally figure out I needed to quit. So I pretty much quit. I take the very rare drink – very rare I will take a drink. but uh, And I pretty much put – you know, I put my brushes and everything up. and I didn't pull them back out. <laughs> now, speaking of Dan, he was actually the best man when I got married. He's he's passed on sadly. He passed on several years ago,
0: uh,
1: which is sad because I'd I, 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 right now I would love a chance to get out and paint with him. I actually have a painting in my living room that he did for me when I got married. He did a copy of Van Gogh's chair, and it looks very much like the one Van Gogh painted. he he, he his work was superb. I loved his. I love his work, and I'm really glad that I own this particular painting. It took forever to get somebody to make me a frame for it because it was on a it was on a very thin panel and it was starting to warp. And I finally got somebody to make me a frame to keep it from warping anymore. But that hangs oh, in my cute. living room. Uh, Did you put glass about, over it?
2: Say what? Did you put glass over it? No. Okay, so you just got the oil. All right. Well, how how long will those keep? Was it done in an in acrylic or oils?
1: Or tell he, us, he in, uh, did he, he, he introduced in you to artwork? Well, or was it in college? This was in this was in college. Yeah.
2: So how uh, did you? Because your painting's pretty darn good. You have a style. Uh, and then some are better than others, but that's everybody depending on their taste. You know, art is you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder and artist and so who knows if they're worth a million or a billion to anybody, right? Mine was like yeah. that. I had some that sold for fifty and some that sold for five thousand. I couldn't figure it out in Hawaii. I you, I couldn't look at it and tell you the value. I don't know how you do yours, but Let's talk about how you got into it. And you're you're definitely oils, not acrylics, right? And you said you'd tell I, us some um, your products.
1: I, da- I dabble in acrylic a little bit, uh, not a whole lot. I'll probably start working a little bit more in acrylic. I work very rarely in watercolor. I sort of work with... Uh, for those familiar familiar with it, I, I work. I worked. I was working a little with sumi at one point, which is uh, the Japanese or, or Chinese. Uh, well, we'll just say Asian because it, I think it drifted from China to Japan. sumi is the Japanese name. I can't remember offhand what the Chinese name it, but it's ink. Uh, you take a brush and ink, and you paint with it. It's usually just black ink. Uh but uh I I dabble in that a little and I may dabble in that I may start messing with that a little more. But nine about ninety percent of the work I do is uh in oil. I
0: that's
1: why I'm like expensive. That's the most
2: expensive, and that's what they wanted at the museums. So I remember because I didn't think I was an artist, but the people that sold it and got me in, uh, voted in at a board meeting as an artist of Hawaii was because I was living in Hawaii. But one of the state uh, lowest suits with the state of Hawaii took it and told them I'll, they liked my artwork, and so they made me one. But I do remember they were disappointed because I wasn't doing them in heavy oils, which I did learn as a child when I a teenager, to do oils and linseed oil and mix in the different colors. So oil is chosen, uh, oil painting, and so that's what you do. They should be ultra expensive with that as the medium. So you're doing but actual really? canvas, oil on canvas with linseed oil mix or whatever. Tell us, uh, and you're doing la- portraits and landscapes,
1: steel. Uh, about about- the only thing I have not painted to this point in time, I have never painted a nude at this point. If I ever get half a chance, I will. If for no other reason than to say I have at least done one, but yeah. that's really about the only thing I haven't painted. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, the, you know, the 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 effort of trying to find somebody to uh, pose for a nude is a uh, you know that's it's just. I mean, you know, I'm here in the rural South. Okay, it's just not that easy.
0: <laughs> well, I won't be I rushing right
1: sounds, over to the model. <laughs> that sounds that sounds funny with uh, with the way culture is today. But I mean, you get right down to it, it would be easier to go out and have sex with somebody to get them to and, and, than to get them to sit on sit in a chair or lay on or lay on a couch or whatever, <laughs> nude long enough to paint them. <laughs> I, it, it, it's odd, but it's true.
2: Oh, Lord, this is artistic. I mean, I I really
1: wouldn't know how to go about asking somebody to do that anyway. <laughs> but uh, You're an
2: artist. You're supposed to say, do you want to come over and see my etchings? You tell them you're an artist. And by the way, would they oh. mind posing half under a sheet and half nude so you can get their body line, you know? But yeah, I could see where that'd be an issue, especially in today with girls today, they have no I imagine most of them have never met a real artist that, that you know
1: dabbles in well, oil. And, and then, and then there, there's a whole other problem of uh whether I do anything or not, I've got to worry about being accused of sexual harassment or <laughs> something whether I do <laughs> anything or not.
0: Yeah, I got to <laughs> worry about that.
2: Uh, America. (laughs) I've
0: gone this long without
1: being behind bars, and I I, I really like being, you know, not behind bars. I like being able to walk out my front door when I get ready to.
2: Okay. Well, it may be a while before we see a nude by Michael Woods, I guess. All right. Well, have you done any UFOs or Mars or any planets or anything like, you
1: know? space stuff the, the closest i've actually come to doing anything along those lines i painted uh i painted some uh i did a series of megaliths i did uh stonehenge the pyramids oh no i did not stonehenge i'm sorry uh easter island excuse me it was easter island i was going to do stonehenge and i never got around to doing stonehenge i may go back and do it now that i've brought it back up but uh i did uh see, there was one more uh one of the pyramids in south america i can't remember the name of it uh machu picchu not it, it wasn't that one uh oh uh it's the one that has uh, the uh, shadow the one that has the shadow of, of uh Quetzalcoatl once a year or twice a year. Oh,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. That's the one my dad went to. Yeah, I think.
1: Uh, uh, but
2: I don't know the name of it. Of this, I, yeah, but okay. Uh, so you so got that I one. If I go
1: through all my canvases to find it and get the name, it really wouldn't be well, worth it. You got it the ever. original. But yeah. now, in our
2: Now, we don't sell our originals because you can make copies, right? And what's the word, gloss? Uh, we've had that glacier, glass, gloss, gloss uh, well, shoot, we all introduced how you make uh, the art uh, and you make the duplicate copies. Glacier. Uh,
0: uh, I know what you're talking about.
2: Uh, yeah. I'm um, drawing a blank on it now. Me, too. Uh, <laughs> I know what you're talking about. <laughs>
0: I, call I can't it believe print it. I
1: really do print. I see art? Uh, I need to do Olivia. it. I could, probably see, I could probably sell a lot of stuff if I if I made prints and sold them. But again, a lot of well, a wait. lot of the problems I have is while I may not be exactly starving, I really don't. The what money I do make selling paintings usually goes back into buying more paint.
2: Right. So, just because you I enjoy painting it's yeah. the same old starting, uh, well, hardest thing you put all your money back into your product but you you, you need your you know you need your parts your shop
0: and then you know, I did I did
1: make a promise to my wife back when I first started this uh that I, if I started I would keep at it so I I may get frustrated and threaten to quit from time to time I keep going
2: so well, that's good. That's good. And, you know, my husband was an artist as well, and so he did pen and ink drawings, and his grandfather was. They're natural artist. People just don't, don't come by.
1: I actually have haven't to find it. I managed to find, managed to find a, a, a set of left-handed nibs for a, a pen so I can actually do that now. I've tried... I can work with a right-handed nibs, but with a left-handed, it's so much easier. I wouldn't know
2: that. I've never done that.
1: I, I'm so. left-handed, so trust oh, me, I've learned to adapt to a right-handed world. But a lot of things well, I can do right handed But now when it comes to eating and and, and writing, I, I cannot eat or write with my right hand. Somehow I managed to miss my big mouth trying to eat with my right hand.
2: I found the word G Clay, G I C L E E, Canvas G Clay, G I C L E E oh. Print printer productions. So uh, it's on canvas, uh, G Clay printing, G I C L E E folks. That's what we market and promote: is you take a photograph of your painting for print reproduction. And it says you just applied the last strokes of your paint canvas. A certain feeling of triumph rushes over you. Each painting has to portray the artists themselves, essentially priceless. So folks, we like to keep our originals in our collection. And by the way, you go to create a digital image of your painting, because we're all about digital networking now. So you store it, and you include it in your print reproductions. You number them, and then you have a high-resolution digital image made. It's essential to have the equipment when photographing artwork. And it says you hold the artwork upright and square it to the camera. A 35-millimeter digital will do with a resolution of 14 megapixels. And uh, you electronically cable-release it, the shooting the artwork and the light kits. Now, they have umbrellas, and so you can purchase a kit for up to 600 But the process of making easel art upright and square the camera lens okay, to the tripod but uh, you want to make sure you have good lighting, et cetera, soft boxes, And uh, so that's something we got to get into. But it's Canvas G. Clay. Look it up. They have it. Canvas G. Clay Printing uh, in Carolina Beach, North Carolina. Canvas, uh, there's a 1-800 number, 844-678-5707. We'll be here with Michael Woods talking about artwork. And he is an artist, Galaxy. But I'm trying to talk him out of uh, selling his originals, as I do all our artists, which any of you in our Ace folk life know. We like our artists, and we want them to keep their originals, and we want them to number them and then just put out G-Clay prints. So uh, we sell those. Uh, we help them get into it, Three hundred. Well, we've got people selling them for, like I said, mine was five thousand in Hawaii, and we've got a guy selling them for six hundred to twenty five hundred in California. But right now in Tennessee, uh, we're selling them three hundred. But we'll let you know about that because we're really not selling Michael Woods yet because we got to get him to G clave them. So you hadn't thought about that, huh? You've been selling your – but you do you work on commission, right? A lot of our, our artists work uh, on commission. A,
1: a lot of the stuff I sell is on commission. I'm, I'm working on one right now, and I've got two more in the wings. Uh, and it's really beginning to look like I may – I have an idea for a sideline that I'm working on that might sell some, and it would involve commissioned art of pet portraits. Uh, oh, yeah. I've sold, That's a good I've, line. I've sold a couple of them, and an artist friend of mine on Facebook, he says that they do sell. Yes. So if it's personal, you have to,
2: to market it that way. hmm
1: I am trying can to work with with somebody, somebody here in town that runs a shop that uh, supports an animal shelter to sit and see if we can work something out. And if she will sell my pet portraits, I will give her... You know part of the money for her you
2: know,
1: the animal shelter and uh um, yeah a portion I, of
2: the well, a portion of the
1: proceeds
0: it.
2: good but, that'll be a good know. a good sideline print yeah that's wonderful yeah i've met a lot of guys that they people love their pets i love mine she's 12 years old and i'd love to have a portrait of her especially if she's going to pass and I've been worried about her at 12, but she finally got a little pep back in her step for days. She just was sleeping only. I could barely get her to eat, and I was so worried about her. So see those uh, printing services. And then, uh, of course, those you may give a print original or at least make your own copy of a G-Clay maybe. But I want you to learn about that now for your G-Clay printing, folks, and all your artwork get your catalog started, number them one through nine by the year you started. My husband always put the date, and his initials are his name. I asked him to put his complete name. And uh, he, we sold a lot of his pencil art. and then we started selling the copies in uh, the local grocery, not grocery, well, that too, the little grocery store in the country stores. But we also sold them in the uh, downtown. We had a little uh, in the little town of Beaver Dam, we sold them in the Beaver Dam Cafe, very famous place. I don't even know if it's there anymore when Margaret shut it down. But artists have to do what artists have to do, and he did Bill Monroe because it was bluegrass country. Now, you're there in Tennessee. I would imagine. How are you on horses? Do you don't have any horses or cows that you're doing? I have
1: cows that Still across on. the road I have some cows that live across the road. They're not mine. I've got one. That, I've got one that's fascinated by yard mowing. I had one that sat there and watched me all morning mowing my yard. He just sat there fascinated by me mowing the yard.
0: And then I've got well, my
1: hawk that lives across the road on the power on the power lines. So you're really in the country. Me. Oh, I walked out the door one day, and my cats were sitting there staring off the end of the porch. And I wondered what in the heck they were staring at, because I was going out to feed them, and they're usually right there under my feet when I go to feed them. So I had to look off the porch, and sitting off there in my side yard was about three deer and a whole bunch of turkeys sitting there wandering around in my yard. Oh, wow.
2: Right there. In and the yard is still mill country.
1: Now this morning on the way to work, I walk out the door and lo and behold, there there is my friendly neighborhood skunk, uh, who comes up and eats cat food because the cat's not guarding the bowl like he ought to. Oh, wow. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I, I run into my skunk this morning. Uh our they're like
2: canes; you can train them. I've well, seen people raise skunks.
1: This one's a fairly mellow skunk. It hasn't sprayed me yet, nor is it sprayed around the house. So I, I'm lucky I, I I can deal with that and it probably keeps people off come up in the yard if it shows up, it probably runs them back off, so
2: a skunk. Local skunk. I had a possum uh, and a big old giant bunny. Seriously. Oh you yeah, I had, right I, I talk about George. Huh? You got an Amar- armadillo? And possum.
1: I, I had a couple of armadillos at one point uh, I, I got this big fat possum My name's George He comes up at night and eats cat food uh, Wow,
2: so you're definitely in the country Is most of that rural Where you live is very rural, is it not? Oh yeah Very yeah. rural Yeah
1: I had a whole thing so, of raccoons in the cat bowl one night Yeah, There was a, yeah, raccoon. There was a big one, there was a medium sized one There's a little baby one I had that was three of them. I heard racket and outside and opened the door, and there was three of them. Took off down the porch. And that's just
2: normal life for you, right? Just the way, and that yeah. is in Tennessee. And there's a lot of people, in rural country. I hear it's all the way over in Virginia, all the way up in Maryland. You've got all kind of these little critters running around. If they're not, you know, in the big city, we've had a deal with bears lately. A lot of black bears here in Gulf Breeze and, you know, Pensacola area, Florida. Uh, uh, I
1: think some, and then other of
2: the an Tennessee too. problem around here. What is it, deer? I said, that's, more
1: of the, that's more of an East Tennessee problem. I don't think we have any bear over in this neck of the woods yet.
2: Yeah, you're West Tennessee, okay. Yeah, now, they, they,
1: they, they may migrate over here eventually, but I think right now any bear we've got is over in, in the east part in the mountains.
2: Well, do you do any gun artwork, any guns for your local people? Because a lot of people like pen and ink drawings of the black and whites. But they'll also buy, if you can make you know a copy of their uh, gun art, I don't, you may, something you I may want to look into. It. That's
1: an interesting idea, actually. I hadn't really thought about yeah. it.
2: Well, people get emotionally attached to their weapons or their rifles or having the picture with them holding their rifle. You know, or something pretty with their dog. So you're talking about doing dog paintings. You may want to have a person holding their weapon. It's very American. <laughs>
1: yeah, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll paint them holding. I'll paint them holding a weapon. I'll paint them holding a kid. I'll paint. I'll paint just. About, I mean, right now, I, I'm working on a painting right now that is driving me literally up the wall. Uh, I like a good challenge, but this one might be a little. This one's getting to be a little bit much. Uh, I'm working on a portrait on an 11 by 14 panel. Five people in this portrait,
2: and trying oh, to work that's too that small for people. five people. Yeah, it, 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 is. it is. Why do not you but try I, to negotiate a bigger canvas?
1: Oh, I did negotiate a bigger canvas because it, it was originally went on an eight by ten. I said, "There's no way I can do it on an eight by ten. Absolutely <laughs> no freaking way." <laughs> If I had tried that on an 8x10, I would be wearing that dang 8x10 canvas because I would have busted it over my head and been walking around wearing it right now.
2: Yeah, you may have to transfer that.
1: I come pretty close to busting that canvas, breaking that dang board in half last night. Thought I was just about done. I got to looking at one of the faces, and I'm like, this does not look right. It looks like a dang Picasso. Nothing wrong with Picasso. I like Picasso's work, but I wasn't paying a Picasso. Uh, so I had to blank out. The, I couldn't get the skin tone matched, right? So I, I finally got frustrated and just blanked out that whole face, and I'll go back to work on it tomorrow.
2: Oh, that, I, wondered but, if I saw a copy of that. I wondered why it had a blank face. That's the well, one you sent me.
1: The, it wasn't that the face I did was bad. It just wasn't right. I had it. Okay. I had everything. I had everything too centered, like she was looking straight at the camera. And it's actually her her face is in in a, more of a three quarter profile, more of a three quarter profile. But I had I had her I had her feature her eyes and nose and mouth in the center instead of off to the side like it should have been. And I finally realized why it kept bugging me. But uh, okay, where they looking. I couldn't, I, couldn't the, I couldn't get that skin tone matched last night, so I just, you know, painted over it, and I'll, you know, I'll go back. And by the time I finished trying, I had it looked like I uh, I can't say that word on radio, but it it did not look pla it was not pleasing to the eye. So I wow. painted over it, and I'll go back in it and start fresh tomorrow. Well, I'll
2: the
1: be painting pain the hardest. The
0: paint.
2: Well, I want you to think about the G-Clay because they're valuable, and it, it does embellish. You know, you can sell those, uh, the G-Clay. It's a French term for it to spray or to squirt, but in reference to inkjet printers to produce fine art, photography, individual copies of the original piece, it's important to note that the inkjet prints are G-Clay prints. So what they do is they'll t- you take a really good photograph, and then you print it, and expect it to come out, and it looks really elegant. So they run-of-the-mill inkjet printers, but they have certain criteria to meet G-Clay printers. So look at how, folks, if you're really smart about, you know, a lot of people are selling them for 250 at a time. That's the G-Clay print. They're very valuable because they're expensive to make. but. Now up in California, we were finding places that would make them the G clays at a reasonable price, but even if you you know if you can make it for a hundred and sell it for three hundred, you know that's still wholesale because you know we mark wholesale's three point seven five, and five times the original cost. Not to mention the labor, so we have to pay our artists hourly time, and we pay them for their oil and even their cleaning supplies. So we factor a percentage of that into each print per hundred. But we name our G-clays, and then we put so many in a series, and then they're worth something. And that you know that's non-fungible tokens, too, because me as an artist, my POGs uh, was my $5,000 print. And I didn't know I was doing Mars. I was just painting out of the top of my head, and it turned out to be planets and Mars and things. But now the POGs were made. Uh, 30, 40 years ago by collectors, and now they're worth a huge penny out there, millions, I'm told. I don't know because it was original artwork, and then they made POGs back in the day, POGS. They're like little coins, like crypto, but they're yeah, non-fungible tokens, NFTs. Now, artwork, a non-fungible token can be anything, but they're we're starting to trade and barter, and people love art. And people can live their legacy out in artwork. that's why it's so important to us in artwork art and entertainment goes together so uh, you know uh if you're let's talk about how the consciousness of bringing your soul michael let's get in let's get deep into the artist' reality because most all of us as artists are starting artisans, whatever you make crafts or Ceramics or anything with your hands, molds, some people do it in wood uh i've done I've tried a little bit of everything I d de- haven't done metal although I was a metal worker when I had to eat and you said you've worked in plastics and stuff. I've looked at three d printing nowadays but you know what i'm saying uh, what what's your tell me about your soul? How did you get into the soul of painting because you have to put yourself into it. And you can tell a difference. You know what I'm talking about when people look and stare to see what they see in a painting. You you said you like Monet or uh, Van Gogh, but...
1: Van Gogh, Monet, Edward Hopper. I love Edward Hopper. Tell us about your soul. Excuse me. You said something a minute ago about uh, pricing paintings and stuff. It reminded me of a quote There's a uh, they did a movie in uh, I want to say about '56 about Van Gogh with Kirk Douglas called Lust for Life. It's a pretty good bio pick on Van Gogh. Uh, it and it was up for an Oscar, but it lost to The King and I that year. Uh, yeah, just one of those little tidbits I picked up on IMDb. They really ought to pay us as much as we've talked about them today. Uh, but uh, there's a one of my favorite quotes in that movie is uh, when Vincent. I don't know that this was actually said in reality. It was said in the movie, and it's such a good quote. I I I I live by this by this quote. But Van Gogh was studying with his cousin Anton Mauve, who was a fairly well known Dutch painter at the time. Uh, you can look him up. His work is he does some very good work. Or he did some good but he he told Vincent uh, when Vincent came to see him, he said he was sorry he couldn't see him, but that artists had to be selfish because with each painting they died a little bit. And as I, as I've been painting, I I realize how much of my life I am really pouring into this stuff. And as as I'm painting, I'm not only putting uh, if you said I'm not only putting my life into it by spending spending time doing it there's two wa there's two Bruce Lee talked about time i'm I'm a Bruce Lee fan because I was a green hornet fan when I was a kid, and I still am okay uh but he 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 made the statement that are uh, that uh there's two ways you could either spend time or waste time uh now wasting time uh if you're doing something or with somebody. And it's not productive, you're wasting time. And if you're doing something that is productive that you want to do, you are spending time. And you have to choose whether you want to spend your time or waste it. And I don't know where I was going with that, but uh, when I'm painting, I'm
2: spending time. Well, are you spending your time and wasting it with me, or do you think we're accomplishing? Because we're in a conversation here about art and you. (laughs)
1: Well, I think conversation is time well spent.
2: And okay. I'm not only
1: talking to you, there's, there's other people actually listening to this. That's they, right. I hope all over the world. But when, when I'm painting, uh, I'm spending time doing that, and I'm, I'm putting a lot of myself into that work. I, I, that's, the, that's the best way I know to describe. Um, you've heard blood, sweat, and tears. And, and believe me, uh, every canvas I've done, I, now I may not get cut and bleed on it. <laughs> But there's a lot of tears, a lot of work, a lot of time, a lot of effort, and sometimes just having to force myself to keep working no matter how irritated I have gotten at it, whiting out the whole canvas and starting over and doing the same thing two or three times. Uh, I mean, its uh, I really drifted from what you asked me, I think.
2: Well, let me tell you about the artwork formula that we use. We use $6 per square inch. Now, that's usually on acrylic, not oils. So if you'll use $6 for a 620, but an oil on linen landscape, use that as 16 by 20 is 320 square inches. So you price your oil paintings, if you're going to price them, at $6 per square inch, you're actually going to lose money because that's 320 times 6. Okay, 16 by 20, 320. So you take 320 times $6. That's $1,920. But if you want to round it down to 1900 that's the minimum for any artist that we do in our network. Now we have the price of frame, and the materials and that's the minimum of $150. Now we're just talking the average painter on a 16 by 20. Okay, so that's what we base it on, 16 by 20 because that's the normal portrait size or, you know, landscape. We use that. Everybody has a model and so we put that 1900 plus the 300. For the canvas and our material cost at 150 now, that's wholesale, folks. So we paint that with a gallery cut of 50% commission. In other words, for uh, Michael has to pay me to sell it. That's 50%. And it's $950 of that and 150 for the framing for a total of 1100 Right? So it's really interesting how that works. So when the painting sells, the cut for me, I get half. So that's I'm gonna get. He's gonna charge twenty-two hundred. That's nineteen hundred for a sixteen by twenty plus three hundred, or just the material alone. Okay, on a sixteen by twenty at six dollars a square inch. So just figure sixteen by twenty equals three hundred and twenty square inches. So that's your model, all you artists out there listening to me and Michael, how we're setting up our company for our artist network. But we mainly sell G clays. We've been set up. For years and years between my husband dying in the art business and reselling reprints. But, uh, you know, people have gotten where they can't afford their original price, and so that's when we call ourselves starving artists. But uh, normally I make a $1,000 to sell a $2,200 painting. Because I have to do the work and get it out to the public. But now not on G Clays, I only make three hundred, but they usually sell for six hundred. But now those are the printers, the G Clay copies. But then we number them and you as the world goes by now that we're doing artwork as collectibles online, those also I want you to learn about uh cryptocurrency and non fungible tokens. Okay. So uh I don't. I didn't tell uh, Michael anything about non-fungible tokens. Are you up on that at all, on artwork? Not. Or okay. Well, I know you probably are getting by. I'll give you that. NFTs. You heard of NFTs. Have you heard people talk about cryptographic assets?
1: I I know little or nothing about cryptocurrency or any of that. To be honest.
2: All right, well, your artwork is considered, when you make that, that's an asset for you, Michael. And so it's called a non-fungible token and unique cryptographic tokens. And we use those in blockchain because they cannot be replicated, okay? So if you have a non-fungible token, it's a unique digital identifier that cannot be copied, substituted, or subdivided, recorded into the blockchain, so an NFT is a financial security. It's consistent of a digital data stored in a blockchain form of digital ledger. So the ownership of NBT, or NFT is recorded in the blockchain and can be transferred by you, Michael, allowing the NFT to be sold and traded to me and that I can be created, it says they can be created by anybody and require few or no coding skills. But typically, they're in the Internet as a digital file. So that's your copy. And see, my husband uh, knew about all this stuff before he died in 2015, but we didn't call it that. But he didn't want any of his artwork on the Internet. But but, uh, you can do NFTs, any type of digital content linked to the blockchain, underpinning cryptocurrencies. But they're saying they yeah, like, you're doing just a one-of-a-kind. It's generally built using the same kind of programming as cryptocurrency for Bitcoin or Ethereum. So I want you to look up non-fungible tokens before you start selling any of your copyrighted material in the digital world. Uh, I'm really – I'm a copywriter and an NFTer. So, folks, I'm just telling you that's sort of something that I do to help all my people in my associations look after their assets because
0: uh,
2: Michael – Once you put yourself into that, and if you don't keep that original, it's gone. So you take photos and uh, make you some G-clays. And then you look – if you want to do original, that's fine. But you put it into the proper – into our digital networking system. you know. And then I told you that model of a 16 by 20, just say $6. Now you have to add plus 300 after you do how many square inches. Let's say that you should have done a 12 by 20 – or they want a bigger one, but just use that. So six dollars per square inch, plus the three hundred for the material. That's for the canvas, the oils, clean up everything. But a lot of artists, you know, they just re, uh, they use the starving artist. Whatever it costs them, plus their time times two. Now, folks, that's the wholesale cost from the artist if he chooses to let go. That's the minimum of three hundred dollars, which. Most starving artists do, and I imagine Michael's been accused of selling them. I heard through the grapevine, Michael, that you may be starving, selling them at three hundred. Oh, believe me, I'm
1: not. I'm not getting that. I'm not getting that much out of them.
2: Oh no, don't say that. Oh no, because you're in the
1: rural country.
2: You think it's because it's local?
0: I think so. Uh,
1: I know how people are around here. They expect yard sale prices for
0: anything. Not original. Well, I have don't to admit. Realize
1: how much work goes into even a small canvas? Uh, say, I ate, but they don't realize how much work even goes into something that small.
2: Well, you need to concentrate on our 16 by 20. But it doesn't need, need to leave the house for less than whatever you've got into it. You know your time at six dollars a square inch, and uh, you know we 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 usually say 150 for the um, you know 300 minimum is uh, 16 by 20 out the door. But folks, you know it teaches own because beauty's in the eye of the beholder. It's whatever the way it is in supply and demand. It's whatever you can get for it, right? Cash is king. So it doesn't matter what you've got if there's no worth to it. If it's an old bicycle, a wheelbarrow, old car, you know, you may say, well, it's worth 15 million to me, but they'll say, yeah, but I'll only give you 50 bucks for it. And right now, that's the situation we're in all over the world with this inflation going on, especially for artists. Still, I like, I want to believe in our souls, Michael. This is your story. We've got only 30 minutes, so I want you to go where you want to go. You've got 30 minutes to finish this life um, story.
1: We, what do we you want to cover? We were talking about I I had mentioned my friend in college, and I said I drifted away from it, and
0: mm-hmm.
1: five years – well, the 29th of July will be five years since I picked up my brushes and actually started applying myself to uh, – painting and if you look at my collect, you i was talking about my collection of ufo books uh my collection of books on art it rivals it i have a bookcase in the bedroom full of books on art i ha, i'm surrounded by probably no less than 10 or 15 right now to my left uh I, I, when I say I'm putting my heart and soul into this, I, I'm spending a lot of time, money, resources, trying to put out the best painting I can put out. But I said I started five years ago on July the twenty July 29th will be five years, which oddly enough is, a, is an interesting day in art history because it was on that day that Van Gogh died. And I picked up my brushes on that very day and started painting and didn't even realize it until a couple of years later. It dawned, it, I was uh, watching a bio on Van Gogh and realized that, uh, which I thought was odd since he he's been one of my influences. And every year I try to do at least one painting about this time that's, in, in, influenced by or inspired by Van Gogh
0: Last well, year go. I did You can
2: start one every year Number them for the Van Gogh series Or something On that particular time frame
1: And number I'm them trying one, to, two, three. I'm trying to think of what all I have done I, The first one I did I did my take on the story night But I used a different color scheme Than what Van Gogh Purple is my favorite color So I used purple Okay, deal with it. So my night sky is purple instead of blue. But I did my take on that. I've done one self-portrait in Van Gogh style. Last year, I did a uh, pair of sunflowers, and I know I've done at least two more. And if not, something's bad wrong. I would swear I've done one every year. I know I've done at least three. So for three out of five years, three out of four years at this point I've done one and I've got one in mind for this year. So it may be a little later, but I will do that one this year. I I gave you a hint about that last, uh, no, maybe it was this morning. I sent you that email to give you a hint of what my next uh, self portrait would look like. Uh, now if anybody is interested in seeing what I, what I'm, what I'm painting, drawing, uh, My, I'm on Facebook, it's under Artistic Impressions by Michael, and you can find me on Instagram under Artistic Impressions by, uh, I also, I'm also on MeWe under my own name, and I think, oh, and if anybody's familiar with, with, uh, what they call the Amino Communities, there is, uh and amino uh the amino communities is basically uh a bunch of different uh, social media outlets under one name amino and they're divided into different subjects uh there's aminos on star trek there's aminos on Doctor Who I'm a member of three of those uh there's one on art. I'm a member of that one where I post my art. Now on the on the Amino app, I'm actually called the Professor. Uh, that's a whole other ball of wax. that goes back to my love of Doctor Who, but that's a whole other story. Uh, and I, I, I post stuff on Deviant Art, uh, and I think that's pretty much the extent of where I, where I've got my stuff on the internet. And Deviant, oh, I also posted on Pinterest too. I forgot about Pinterest. Uh, and again, that's under my own name as well. Yeah, I looked
2: uh, up login to Amina, open the website. So Amino Apps uh, was started as Media Lab in Narvel Inc. in seven languages. So they're doing good. Yin Wang and Ben Anderson started that in 2012, 10 years ago. When I started this radio show, how about that? So if you're an artist and you want to come on, let Michael or I know or be here. I'm going to be here for every Thursday, but, you know, Michael, I hope Michael comes back because he's not going to just stick to one thing. We're going to say things change, and we'll talk about a lot of things. I want to produce cyberspace culture. So, you you know, you've told people about IMDb. Now you've told them about Amino, anonymous and potentially good. I don't know, uh, but we'll find out. Let us know, folks. What do you think of
1: Amino? Now, when it comes to Amino communities, I think I'm the old man. You've heard of new kids on the block. I'm the old man on the block. I think I have to be the oldest person that uses the Amino apps because everybody else on there is probably 15, 16, 17 years old. So I think I'm probably the oldest
0: person on there.
2: Really? So they got anime, K-pop, hardwood, crafty art,
0: oh, yes.
2: Undertale. If, if, if you... Explore more. So it's uh, unite with people. It is a community. Well, we're, we're building a community here. We just started today, Michael. <laughs> We hope, we know, we've, we've been working on this 10 years. Well, I'm just slow. It's only been me, folks. But I've had a lot of great people in social media building our uh, integrative medicine and our metaphysical community and our art and culture, world-class events around the world. So we're all working together as artists and, you know, visual and performing artists. And we have speakers and orators. And tomorrow night we'll have Jan Aldrich with our UFO Association talking about scanning all the old clipped newspapers that collect all that. But you're interested right now in your community of art, and art is freedom, but it's also something we can do and we can make our own, and we're all in a community as co-creators out there, folks. So let me know if you're doing visual and performing art. Uh, We do audio and video here. But, you know, we want products, and we're going to – I'm opening up a mass press. uh, I guess you could say it's like Amino, uh, but it's going to be for books and uh, artists and musicians. Now, they have over almost a million followers alone uh, on AMINO, Amino apps, AMINO. So they don't need our help. We need theirs. So we're just starting so mine is going to be Max Press, and I've got ACO Club, got ACO TVP for anybody making videos, and we got ACO Press Club for our artists and journalists. So Amino was acquired by Media Lab. Oh, they just got bought out, and that we hope someday that we'll sell out too. But we're a community. Yin Wang and Ben Anderson, and now they sold it by to Media Lab. So uh, 2021. How about that? So. But when they bought them out, they didn't want the uh, owners involved anymore, so they're no longer involved. So 2012, Wayne and Anderson came up with an idea for a convention-like community because they were going to anime conventions in Boston, Massachusetts. So they took what they released their apps on K-pop, photography, allowed fans and subjects to chat freely on Amino. So there you go. Their growth became $1.65 million of seed funding and had a union venture. Seed investors include Google Ventures, SB Angel, Box Group. And so how about that? So I like the history. I like the story. Now, this is Michael's story. So, Michael, you brought up Amino Guidelines, so kudos to you for promoting AMINO. They have their own logo. It's a big A. And it's owned by Media Lab, and you can find that out. What else you got for us, Michael? You going to bring us something every week?
1: I was talking about my Facebook page, and the 29th of next month, which will be the last Friday of July, I'm going to do a live feed, uh, which I tried once before, which I was telling you about earlier, and it kind of. It kind of flopped because my internet kept going in and out. Because the only internet I had was what was on my phone. Now I've got some well, decent internet, good. I'm going to I'm going to try yeah. it again with. The- okay. Well,
2: now tell us how you do that. Have you done that? Tried it? But what do you do? Let people know. So this is something they can do a live Facebook, and I see them on YouTube all the time. But my people on YouTube, I'm a YouTuber, folks. I've got hundreds of, if not thousands of videos out there on mm-hmm. all my clubs, you know, Ace Folk Life, uh, Psychic Channel Network. But I'm going to put Michael out there on at least 165 channels. I'll go and put him on one and then I go, I just go over and put him on all these channels I've got on YouTube because I can give you a large exposure. It's just it's so vast. I don't try to get numbers on any one. I'm not trying to make those pennies. They promise you on the other side. I'm just trying to help my friends. So, Michael, if your Facebook goes live, now you've got to record it so I can put it on my YouTube channel. So how are we going to do
1: that? Tell us what uh, you do. Don't get me lying because I, uh, <laughs> I, really I really don't know how that's going to work. I don't, really don't know how it works.
0: I have to on that. <laughs> well, All right. right well, I'm, look at I'm, your I'm YouTube channel. i got
1: plans to actually record it. Okay, yeah, record me a copy. It's literally what it says when you do a Facebook Live. I mean, I I click the Live button, and my phone camera will go live, and it will put it out on Facebook. And I think you can go, if I remember right, you can go back and watch it later. If you miss it when it when it first comes on, you can go back and catch it now. Now, don't get me lying about what I'm going to talk about while I'm painting. I may be sitting there cussing and fussing the whole time while I'm painting. I don't know. Well, you did, uh, do you have one of those I'm little folders?
0: It's
2: okay. You you know, we can do this every week, but we should advertise the people that you want to share their software apps or whatever you're doing for social media free because open source information is how everybody does their self-exposure, just like you're going Facebook is free, but once it's out there, folks, it's open source. So my husband would never put his out there because that was how he made his money was doing artwork. But he learned for the government and the government and in the universities, they couldn't use artwork due to copyright. So he would have to be commissioned in Tennessee and uh, Kentucky and Indiana, Ohio, all up in that area. And uh, the university guys, if they were doing old warriors or something, they couldn't even teach because of copyrights. So they would commission my husband as a pen and ink to draw the uh, warriors of the old time and use them. It's very strange. I've learned a lot in art from my husband and his commission work by the universities. They didn't care if he had a degree or not. He didn't. He was just excellent, and word of mouth are seeing his artwork, his pen and ink drawings at the Beaver Dam Cafe. So Michael's there local in Camden, and he does a little local artwork. Now, where do they sell – because all the states are supposed to promote, like with American Library Association in our libraries, if you're a local uh, Author such as myself, but I'm not from Gulf Breeze. I was from Monroe, Louisiana. But in Kentucky, while we were there and lived there, we knew the community and the local library would put our books or CDs. I was a singer-songwriter, and put about 85000 into my DVD. All the money I paid to Sing covers and get them out there So I can put them on radio and stuff And made music Now I've gone from singer-songwriter and broadcast to radio Now And then going back to artwork with Michael So Michael, you don't know But you're going to do your best to figure out How to have a recording Because we want to use it to promote you And your artwork And get your G. Clay copies So I'm going to commission you to do one for me I just don't know what it's going to be yet but I'm I'm going to commit to you to commission something for me, and then I want to use it, and I want to make G clay copies. Maybe that portrait of the one you said, or that picture you got. Can you do uh, help people know if they want to commission you? Uh, can they Gmail you or go to your Facebook? Where do we where do we get like if I commission you?
1: You can you can message me on Facebook either on my regular page, which is my name. Or you can go to my artistic impressions by Michael Page. And, uh, message me there. I do have a Gmail, and the Gmail is artistic by Michael at gmail dot com. So, so you like the name
2: ones. artistic impressions? Artistic impressions yeah, by Michael.
1: A friend of mine, a friend of mine, come up with that, and I, I like it. I mean, I'm big on acronyms, so you know, you take, you know, I mean, you know how you know how it is with the military. You know, you got an acronym for everything. Uh, And I thought uh, uh, A-I-M, AIM. Yeah, okay, I like it. I can remember AIM. <laughs> okay, okay, AIM.
2: So artistic – but it's by Michael, is it not, on Gmail? Yeah. 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 Artistic Impressions by Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L, right?
0: Yes. Yeah.
2: At Gmail? Okay. And so we like Google. We always promote Google. So we give pitch to Google and Microsoft already. Google, Microsoft, Facebook. And we don't know. We know if we punch our Facebook app on our phones, we can go live. And I've done one at Easter. And I hated it because I was outside and it showed every wrinkle in my face. (laughs) Every freckle. I tried to delete them as quickly as I... After I got them out to Easter to let the family know what we were doing or having a good – and then I had people show up live and on my phone looking at me. I was like, where did they come from? So Myron McCoy and a lady up in New Jersey and over in Alabama, I was like, how does this work? This stuff, these gadgets are just amazing to me, how these people from all over the world can tune into you, Michael. So people mm-hmm. will be tuning in to you. So tell us what to do because Friday, every Friday, I have the UFO Association show. But what time do people tune into you on Michael Woods
1: on Facebook? You know, I really don't remember what. I think I said it at 7 p.m. I would really have to go back and look. I won't say I said it for 7 p.m. because that would give me time to get home from work and do the stuff I've got to do around here before I did that. But then it dawned on right. but then today I got the bright idea, why don't I just take a vacation day that day? That way I can get all my stuff done in the morning. So I may actually move that time. I may back that time up and do it a little earlier than 7 p.m. because I, a lot of people are going to be – I want my friends at work to be home from work if they want to tune in, so I may move it to about 5 o'clock. That would be central so how time. So to tell people? In. So
2: we're just establishing this, folks. So this is a whole new series. We'll come on Thursday nights, and I guess he'll paint on Friday nights and uh, show a video on Facebook to get more exposure among his community and with his friends and free social media. Now what about Instagram and TikTok and Twitter and Pinterest? I do all those and Tumblr. There's a lot more out there, you know, Reddit. There's all kind of ways to market yourself in social media. It's all free. So it just well, depends on where the audience is and where your friends you built.
1: I was on Twitter for a while, but I got where I, I just – I really just didn't care for Twitter. So I don't I don't even uh, – my page may still be there, but it hasn't – I haven't posted anything new to it in probably about three years.
2: Well, what so, you do is you make, make yourself a link to what you make, like I do my radio. I just punch a button for you and me on my radio, and it goes right to Twitter. You know, Anything I do has an app connected, and it just goes to the little – all my radio shows, everything is syndicated to Spreaker and Stitcher and iHeart, Spotify, all these places. They all do it for me because I've – You know, through 10 years, I've gone out and put my name of my TGMRC to radio and syndicated myself for years and years. Mm -hmm. But with you on Facebook, a lot of individuals in our group, our ACO club, ACO society, the whole thing about my ACO association is to educate people. So we have Education Research Association, Community Online Press, and our artists, visual and performing like Michael. And we like to help you get the word out. So Michael's going to do live off his phone. And he's, are you going to set it in a little tripod to face your artwork? Is that what you're doing? Face Yeah. Facing yeah. Your, you got a little tripod yeah, or was, some kind of hook.
1: Was short, that was another shortcoming the last time I did a Facebook live. I really didn't have a good way to keep my phone steady and focused on the artwork. Now I think i can and now i think i've got i've got it worked. I'm gonna have to get back there and mess with it and look and see where to set everything so it can get the artwork and hopefully yeah, not there's the these rest little of the bitty
2: tripod go to walmart <laughs> and oh, tell right. them your what you're, and get your tripod or you well, can got, get a, a camera one. tripod i've
1: got I've got one i've got a i've got one now I picked up at uh Okay. Shop. It was like ten bucks. I mean, I picked it up and it, it it's pretty good. I just gotta work out the logistics of where to put it to get a pick, get the painting and not the rest of the junk back there in my quote unquote studio slash laundry room.
2: Yeah, well you can put up a sheet like most people do. I, you know. Uh You're and on Sky Plus we have green screens plus if it's close now, you know, we're using all these backgrounds to look like we're in space and things. When I do videos, I put up different backgrounds, right, for people. So I'll be I'll start doing a live video for you in the future. Oh my goodness. Let me sh- that's a meeting coming up I have to be in. Oh, gosh. But anyway, uh, what we have to do, I've got science of consciousness going on, and we have that in uh, Tucson and other places. So I do AI2, folks, not to mention UFO Association. We do higher consciousness. I've got advanced consciousness. And, of course, art, culture, education, science, technology, engineering, math. But Michael is helping me celebrate 10 years in June of 2022. So, Michael, it's been a pleasure. You've still got a few minutes left, and I want to know what you want to share because now we know you're going to go live weekly. Hopefully, you'll come back here on Thursday.
0: I don't know
1: that I'll be... uh, Now, are you talking about live here or live on Facebook? I don't know. Friday, if you do Thursday, then
2: Friday you can do your show. If you come back here next Thursday, we do live, but then see then we have a product, then we have a recording oh, no. Thank Thank and I take that and give you a link, and you can market it anywhere on your facebook on your wherever wherever you promote yourself instagram any you know any selfie but what you do is you take the link and it links back and the recording that we made today oral report is stuck in New York, right.
1: In oh cloud. yeah, Thursdays are, Thursdays are fine. Yeah, it may be it may be Thursdays. I may be back there painting while we're talking, but I can do that.
0: So
2: yeah, and we can do a live recording with Zoom or uh, there's all kind of ways. I use Skype because it's free and it's easy. And uh, but I like to see your face and talking. And uh, all, also, we've got all those. Uh, you can you need to make you a big picture of all those uh or make it where you do you know how to take those pictures in your computer of the different poses of you <laughs> but uh you can learn how to do that on your computer if you oh, want yeah, me to I've help, got, you, I've, and I've help
0: got,
1: you I've got a photo collage app on my phone so
2: 'cause but I do you I'll know how to do it screen. on your
1: computer
2: to show slides or do a presentation a webinar. There's all kinds of things we can help you do and learn how to do. Of course, that's up to you, but I have artists that do that too. And then you can show your artwork, but you can take a picture. How about you make us a photo collection between now and next week and number each one that you have since you have a pod tripod for your phone and take us like real good close-up with your camera. Well, it's free. And show us in this number your collection, you know, your oldest first. You have, what's the oldest painting in your collection that you still have as original artwork?
1: I, I still have the first one I did.
2: Well, then we should I be able to see one. how much you've advanced.
1: I have the first one I did, and I have one I did uh, last year, sh- well, doing the, the, that very thing, showing what how, how I had how my work had changed in the four years at the time since I had started painting.
2: Good. Okay. So, well, that's good. Uh, I had one gentleman that had so many around the world in different countries, we couldn't even get his family. He's 86 and been teaching art, too, like you do on you know video. I've got him on one of my YouTubes teaching. But he's uh, very famous, Jack Rutherford, I think. Jack Rutherford, but... Uh, Anyway, he's a world traveler,
0: eighty-some odd, still
2: doing artwork. Hmm?
0: I was
1: gonna say I've got a friend on Facebook. He's I forget exactly how old he just had a birthday. I want to say he's ninety-six. His name's Jack Farragasso out of New York, and he's mm-hmm. been doing art for he's been doing art for a long time. And I got to looking at some of his artwork, and it I realized I have some books here at
2: the house that has his artwork for covers. (laughs) Oh, wow. Amazing. Well, you need to have him on the show.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, we like to meet
2: people like that. Get their numbers and catalog them.
1: He is a great artist. I love his work.
2: Well, how many do you have with you starving artists five years in the making of, uh, (laughs) you know, going in?
0: How many did you not
2: sell? How many did you not sell? How's that
0: most,
1: in
2: your collection?
1: Most. I probably have about 75 to 80% of everything I have painted. I'm I'm looking at 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 10 11 12 13 14 15 16 17 18 19 20 21 22, 25, 25, 25. about 50 right here. If I walk yeah. in the bedroom, if I walk in the bedroom, here's three, four,
0: uh,
1: five in the bedroom. In the living room, I've got one, two, three, four hanging on the wall. Uh, and let's see,
2: well, we have got five, enough six, to, three, got eight, enough nine, to ten, really set up a good Michael Woods collection.
0: Uh, Hundreds, yeah, we'll start yeah, one through hundred.
1: Most of the stuff I have painted is still here in the house.
2: Well, then number them one through a hundred, make you a list, and let's photograph them with your phone and then we'll get you know we're going to get you a good g clay with a good equipment. so I'll need you to see the closest uh in California. They found one within like a like a big you know where to go get a clay printing in l a are they're in l a area, but with you, you may have to drive to Memphis or Nashville. I don't know. It can, may it could be one thirty miles within but G Clay, look up the G Clay Planning Printing and see what you gotta do. And uh, let's get you numbered
0: it's
1: and,
2: and get yours in the series. To
1: Memphis, I've i got a connection down there, so Okay. G I C L E E folks is
2: what we're doing. And then we're gonna do if he wants to do non fungible tokens, we're gonna get Michael to be up on NFTs. For our new, we're going to take, and PayPal, we're taking not only U.S. dollars, but cryptocurrency now. And, you know, the banks know how to do all the uh, back, you know, six people or six ledgers. But they were trying not to use banks, so that defeats the whole purpose of cryptocurrency. All the young kids in the grew up with computers, and they don't want to pay the banks anymore. So that's the big world controversy is we are all digits anyway. Because who really sees their cash money anymore? We use our, uh, you know, we just draw it off our plastic at Walmart. Okay, that's the rural America. Okay, I very seldom see a you,
1: dollar bill. Now you've brought up one more of my favorite TV shows. What? When you said we're all a number. <laughs> but maybe maybe I'll maybe I'll save that maybe I'll save that show for next time.
0: I've actually recently
1: discovered this show, and I love this show. What is it? Uh, The Prisoners, a series from 1967 with Patrick McGowan. He plays a spy that resigns from his job. He's kidnapped and taken to what looks like a resort island where they use various methods to try to get him to tell why he resigned. But we don't know who, what country, or, you know, we don't know what country is trying to get him to talk. And one, one of his quotes in the first episode is, I'm not a number, I'm a free man.
2: Oh, that's funny. All right, yeah, we'll start off next week on uh, whatever you see on that show. We'll talk about movies and TV, folks. He's a, a collector of uh, paraphernalia. <laughs> He's going to yeah. be our pop culture guy. And, uh not only ufology, because he studies Stan Friedman, Kathy Martin, and of course science fiction and Star Trek, seventeen oh one, which I didn't know what that was. So tell people what seventeen oh one is. We've only got a few. We're actually okay.
1: out of time, but what For is seventeen oh one? No, real quick. If you look on the top of the Enterprise, you'll find that is the. It'll say NCC one seven zero one. That is the Enterprise's construction number. So. Uh, there's your Star Trek uh, trivia for the day.
2: <laughs> awesome. Now you go on number that catalog and write every, you know, name every one of your prints by Michael. And you know, number one, blue sky. Number two, red sky. Three, you know, purple sky. Whatever, day, you know, day lily or whatever Banco in honor of. And number them and name them. And let's get your catalog list and number. That will take you a day or two with a 100 of them. <laughs> then you got to go back and put them all on your phone and get us a copy. And then you got to get Clays done for resale. And then we're going to put them on our uh, website. So we'll get it all done because we're going to start a whole new with our books. I've written a whole bunch of books on Lulu and Amazon by Teresa J. Morris or T.J. Thurman Morris. And uh, a lot of people have no clue. We've got all these radio shows. I've got music, rub-written, songs, DVDs, videos, lots of you look for me. Teresa J. Morris YouTube, TJ Morris YouTube, Psychic Channel Network YouTube, TJ Morris ET YouTube, all kind. And Michael's going to start joining. I'm going to start marketing and promoting Michael with us for our Ace Folk Life Club for art culture and education. Michael, it's been a wonderful show. I'm glad that you stuck with me for 8 years on LinkedIn and Facebook and thank you so much for liking me and coming into my life and being a orator. Now you're a spokesperson speaker not just a radio host.
1: <laughs> this was
0: actually yeah, on a good this start side of the
1: microphone, but I got to say it's been a lot of fun. I can't glad, believe it
0: glad went
2: glad by pretty quick. I am too, and I think we'll do okay. We can hold our own. So this is this would be good. So you think you'll try to come back Thursday and tell us what the week's been like?
1: Yeah. If, if nothing ha- if nothing happens, if something happens, I'll let you know. But as far as I know, I got nothing planned for next Thursday. So I may <laughs> be sitting back and painting while we're talking. But
2: okay. Well, we may figure out a way to get you painting while you're talking to me. Well, we may do that weekly. Who knows?
1: Well, All right. Well, we'll work on we'll that. I put a load of laundry in while we were talking. So if I can do that, sure to God I can paint.
2: Yeah, the, the, the laundry. You know, the washer and dryer may make a sound in the background because this is about oil well, reports. Sure. But
1: I put a load I, in while we were. I put a, somebody probably noticed, but I did put a load in while we were talking. <laughs> Great. Well, that's what
2: it's look like, folks. Doing remote now from our homes. All you have to have is a phone and a computer and the will to put your name out there as an orator. If you'd like to join our club, please feel free. It's the ACO Association. You can go to my Patreon dot com where they like to promote patrons and artists on YouTube. Patreon p a t r e o n dot com forward slash Teresa with an H t h e r e s a j M O R R I S patreon dot com forward slash Teresa J Morris that's me and I'm your host and celebrating ten years this year uh, t- in June with Michael Woods artist talks life story UFO radio shows and he's going to help us with books science fiction Star Trek TVs. Movies, old stars, names, and just, you never know. It's going to be about things change and names will drop with Michael Woods. <laughs> you never know what he's going to be promoting next week. We'll have to wait and exactly. see and see what he's going to come paint. He likes to paint. So, All right, Michael, we'll look for you uh next Thursday then, same time, same station. Yeah, I need you to have a sign-off. Like with the Lord willing in the creek don't rise or something like that. You got any southern saying you can make them up
1: or get us some oh, thought, that was, thought that for was the pretty week? Good. That one was pretty good, so I'll, I'll stick with that one for right now. Because right, I'm we'll surrounded say in water. I actually got flooded in one year, but that's another story. You always say that's another story, so
2: I think you got a lot of them, so you'll probably be good on radio, because the only thing we don't like is dead airtime, folks, and radio. And radio's been around before TV and movies, and it'll be here afterwards. After all, we are the author of our own life story, and we'll be back next week if Michael say it for us. What is it?
1: Say what? What am I? I forgot what I was <laughs>
0: You're... You're you're the co-host with oh, if the Lord's willing
1: and the Creeks don't rise.
2: If the Lord's willing and the creek don't rise.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Okay, yeah. I Go ahead. I,
1: just, I thought I just Say said if again. the good Lord's willing and the creek don't rise, but I got to think of something. <laughs> I got to think of something different for next week. Okay, yeah, every week we'll
2: have a sign-off with Michael Woods. All right. Well, good, Michael. Keep filling the airwaves every Thursday, and if you can't, bring somebody. Let us know. We'll look forward to it, okay? You've been a pleasure. You're under entertainment yep. now. You are definitely entertainment. So you're Michael Woods, artist, talks, life, story, UFO radio shows, T.J. Merce, E.T. Radio, and entertainment. So thank you, Michael. You've been a joy. We'll be back next week, okay? Let's
0: play my song. All right, good night. I wrote this. Bluegrass trains are coming. I say the bluegrass trains are coming from. The song's refrain and I gotta remain. Bluegrass trains are coming. Bluegrass trains are coming. You'll hear Bill Monroe's a strumming. Lester Flatt and Earl Scruggs, Ralph Stanley.
2: Next week, Michael, ta-ta, talk at you during the week. Have a good one. (laughs) All right. All right.